Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett, executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and publisher, editor-in-chief, and cook and bottle washer of Let's Talk TV Live TV blog. And I am joined tonight by our heart, Chrissy. Hi, Chrissy. Hi, how is everyone after Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh my gosh, how was your Thanksgiving? You were under the weather and you're doing better now, so that's good. Yes, yes, thank God. <laughs> Fingers crossed, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. We had a really very quiet Thanksgiving. You know, we had Thanksgonica this year. Yeah, I know, I was going to say. Yeah, Thanksgiving and Hanukkah never actually come together, and it'll be 79,000 years, literally 79,000 years wow. until it happens again. So this was truly uh, an awesome once in a many lifetime, lifetime. Yeah. Cosmic, cosmic event. Um, totally. So that's really cool. Um, and so that was fun, and I've just decided I'm going to go. My son is in um, is in Athens, Georgia. And so we didn't have any kids home today. Um, and um, so I'm going to actually go and visit him in a couple of weeks. That's I'm really excited cool. about that. Yeah, just you me. Like, so he'll just have mom. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes he's not going to want to admit it, but he needs you. <laughs> you know, sure. he sent me the most adorable Hanukkah present. He knows that our dog um, was put down in July, 18-and-a-half-year-old dog. Right. And he sent me this gigantic stuffed um, animal dog, uh, um, a golden retriever puppy, except this golden retriever puppy is um, like 30 inches long. Wow. It's huge. It's, it's like oh a small lion. So he says, oh. yeah, I picked the one, um, picked the one that looked uh, the most like Feathertail, who was our dog. So. Aww. Um, it was really, really sweet. That was like a really, really sweet thing. And when Aww. I said to him, so Adam, do you want to come up during, you know, during, uh, you know, the end of December? And he's like, well, no, he's got two dogs. He's got a few dogs. Yeah. And he says, no. And I said, you know, all your friends will be in from school and da, 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 da. And he's like, well, it's really hard. I said, do you want me to come down there for a few days? He says, oh, yeah, that you can meet your grandpuppies. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> So I'm going to go Aww. down and I'm going to meet Dobby. Dobby and Anya are the oh, two nice. Interesting two puppies. names. Where did the names come from? Yeah, well, you know, Dobby is a Harry Potter name. Right, but what if, what if Anya, Dobby and well, what? Anya. Anya. Anya is the girl uh, who's Aww. like this big 50-pound dog. And uh, then there's <laughs> – uh, and Dobby is this little um, sort of terrier miniature pincher mix. Oh, and uh, they were both rescue dogs. I mean, they were both on uh, on their last legs. And, um, yeah, so he's, I mean, that's all he's got because he really doesn't know anybody down in Athens, Georgia. If you're in Athens, right. Georgia, and you want to meet a really nice 22-year-old guy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Dang, man, I guess, yeah, everybody needs to line up at the door. <laughs> yeah, he's really nice and he's a musician. And he's really smart. 
you show up at the door with like a whole line of you know dates for him. <laughs> It'd be funny. He'd kill me. He would totally kill me if he knew I was naked. Fortunately, he does not listen to my uh, radio show. Um, anyway, gosh, we have so much to talk about tonight. Um, I want to have a couple of announcements. Um, I will be having next um, next Monday. Um, we are back talking about, you know, of course, we've got Once Upon a Time the next couple weeks. On the 16th of December, I have Jackie Holland, who's rescheduled from last week. And then on the 23rd, we're going to be having the uh, curator of the Museum of Broadcast Communication, which happens to be here in That's Chicago, cool. Wally Pedrasic, who is a professor of media at the University of Illinois. And we're going to talk cool. about the history of science fiction television. That's cool. That's going to be very interesting conversation. Yeah, I'm really excited. Wally and I are good friends. And um, he and I, the last time he was on, we talked about uh, the history of medical shows. And we had tons and tons of people. We had like 400 people listen live. It was really cool. And, and it'll be a lot of fun. And then in January sometime, we still haven't pinned down a date, the wonderful Dean Hagland from um, from X-Files. the X-Files and from the Lone Gunman will be joining me. Um, he and I have been emailing back and forth. And uh, I don't think he checks his email that often <laughs> because the last time he emailed me, when he emailed me last, he says, I had, I was read, writing an article on, on sci-fi and I asked him right. what he, in his opinion, were, you know, two of the most, to him, the two most significant moments in science fiction. And he wrote back to me after the deadline. He says, Barbara, I am so sorry. I totally <laughs> did not see your email. Um, I hope I'm not too late for your article. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I said, well, well you think, are. But, I think you know, they I get said, so busy, you know, they that do. they just they kind totally of fall through the craft. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he said, you know, he said, but but I said to him, I think I'm writing a book about science fiction. And he's like, oh, my God, that'd be great. And I said, so I'll use it for that. He says, fabulous. So, um, but, he said, but he said he would love to come and um, – come and uh, um, be on the show. That's awesome. When when I talked yeah. to him last December, when I interviewed him last December, he's he's also a podcaster. And um, so if you don't, you know, if you don't know where to find him, I'm sure he's available on iTunes, but he's got a comedy podcast. And uh, so that's kind of cool. And so he said, I had just started out um, with this podcast and he says, yeah, you like it now. But he says, give it a year, see how much you enjoy it. Well, <laughs> Dean. <laughs> oh, come on, Dean. I'm Seriously. still here. I'm still here. Yeah, that's and, funny. And my last show, you know, I, I had to cancel last Monday, and I apologize to everyone. Yeah. But I got very I mean, um, much last, not totally last minute. I was confirmed at the last minute. Um, you know, the big Doctor Who 50th anniversary day of the Doctor thing was in right. movie theater, right? It was in movie theaters right. all across America. And right. um, I got tickets. It was in 3D. And um, I got tickets, and it was sold out, completely sold out. And so they gave me tickets, um, and I was, you know, kind of publicizing it a little bit, too. Um, it was yes. wonderful. I have never been, like, a huge Doctor Who person, but I was really engaged. The, the 3D was fantastic. I the effects bet. were that would amazing. Be 
anyone who has incredible. the opportunity should see this in 3D. Now, I'm sorry Jimmy's not here because he saw it not in 3D. And um, I would oh. love to compare notes with him because he thought the effects were great. Well, they were just unbelievable um, in 3D. And uh, it was great because all of the doctors, you know, had at least little cameo appearances in one way or the other. And David Tennant, who I love. I love David Tennant. Um, So he was, he was a big part of it. And um, Matt Smith, and there was a lot of interplay between Matt Smith and, um, and David Tennant. And and there was even a little bit of a hint of Peter Capaldi, who's going to be um, the next doctor. And so it was great. It was great. I really, it was so much fun. Um, My husband didn't want to come. You know what Becky says 3D gives her headache. Um, you know, this 3D was not headache-inducing. It was definitely um, very subtle. It was subtle, and it was really, the use of 3D was, um, it really enhanced it. I thought it really enhanced it a lot. So um, so I, that was really good. So if you get a chance to see it, um, big 50th anniversary, and if you go on the front page of Blog Critics, we are spotlighting Doctor Who um, this month and or for the next week or so in honor of the 50th anniversary. Uh, we'll probably spotlight it probably till Christmas. Uh, maybe, well, maybe not quite that long. But if you go on the front page and you click on um, Blog Critics Spotlight Doctor Who on Doctor Who, you'll see uh, we do. Our coverage of Doctor Who is, is huge. We have at least four writers writing Doctor Who, including including Jimmy, including Jerome Wetzel TV, yeah. who um right, who just has um uh written a great he's probably the most prolific of our Doctor Who writers, but he definitely <laughs> writes. So um so Becky says that is what the last three D movie she saw was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One. We saw that I saw that in three D. My poor husband hates three D movies. He really does. <laughs> he he hates it. And um, I dragged him to uh, Star Trek Into Darkness in 3D. That was such a great movie. Oh, oh my God. it was great. And it was awesome in 3D. Um, Angela Tell me says, that he never seen, she says, I've never seen Doctor Who, never heard of it till a few years ago, and now it's everywhere. Well, I was yeah. never as much of a Doctor Who fan as I was a Torchwood fan. Right. See, and I never watched Torchwood. You I should watch Torchwood. That. Everybody should watch Torchwood. Torchwood. Torchwood is so strange. <laughs> it's really good. It was okay. only on, it was on, no, it was on for, for three series in, in the UK. And then yeah. the fourth series, the fourth series was on stars um, two summers ago. Um, okay. And it stars John Barrowman, the wonderful Scot, Scottish American actor. He's Scottish, but was raised in the Chicago area. Um, and he plays Captain Jack Harkness, who was um, a um, <clears throat> he was uh, the he was the Doctor's companion for a while, and uh, and broke off and, and had his own show. And it, it's really really good. Burn Gorman, who's been in so many great things uh, since Torchwood, was in it. The last series, several of the episodes were written by Jane Espenson, and one was written by Doris Egan. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and Doris 
Doris is a, is a, is a friend. Um, can't, I guess I can't say, I mean, we don't have coffee, but we, we know each other quite well from when she was writing for, um, uh, for, for house. And now she's uh-huh. writing on rain, R E I, you know, R E I G N. Yeah, rain, which I, I love that. Uh, w, show. yeah. She writes for that. And she's also a co executive producer and writer on Black Sales, which ha- will be premiering later this year. Wow. So, uh, so Doris wrote on that as well as Jane Espenson wrote several of the episodes. Um, but it's really a phenomenal show. And, um, you should uh, you should definitely check out Torchwood. Oh, it's available on Netflix oh, streaming, okay. so you can do that. The other thing I did this weekend, you know what I did this weekend? What? I kind of indulged myself. I had Uh-oh. a I had a I had a Down Abbey um, marathon. See, and I and I haven't watched that either. <gasps> and oh. that I talked to goes, you're not watching that. I'm like, no, you gotta watch it. I'm like, oh my god, add it to my list. But yeah, it, so it, so, it was yeah. worthy for binge viewing, huh? I'll yeah, binge. Oh gosh. Well, see, you know, it's funny because Torchwood. See, I had never seen Torchwood. I think I saw one episode and I was like, oh, I really like this. And so then I decided, and I went on a binge and I watched it end to end, like in a weekend. Three, yeah. three, three series. And the Torchwood's not twenty-two episodes. I mean, it was only like. I want to say eight episodes per series. Uh And, and the third season was only, I think five episodes. So British series tend to be shorter. So I binge viewed all of Torchwood in a single weekend. And uh, so, yes, Downton Abbey, I didn't discover till last year when it had gone off the air already for the year. And so I binge viewed um, that as well. Yes, Becky says Doctor Who is big. We're back on Doctor Who, especially at Comic Con. <laughs> Star Trek is cool. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and she wants, oh, the Star Wars movies. Yeah, we're going to get new Star Wars movies in 2000. Yes. I'm anxious for weird. that, although I'm, I'm nervous and anxious at the same You know, it's so funny because they ran uh, the original A New Hope and Empire Strike Back and uh, Return of the Jedi on, I can't remember what station if it was sci-fi or it might have been on spike anyway uh on on saturday and sunday like over the weekend and oh my god you know the one thing that i will say and the reason that i think those three movies the original such a uh near near and dear to my heart is just because you know they had to create all of those special effects it's not computerized yes we can do whatever your mind can conjure up now but there is, there, it, it's just, right. it was just such a great, I don't well, know, I, 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 I just, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm leery about the new ones. I mean, I'm sure it'll be wonderful and I'll probably love them. But I'm just saying, you know, yeah. the reason that I fell in love with Star Wars and continued to watch the original versions is because I just love the simplicity almost of it in the sense of yeah. it's not over very, the top. It's right. not, yeah. They're you know classic, I mean? they're classic quest stories. It's yeah. a classic quest story. And you know what? It's Exactly. Um, I mean, the, the original Star Wars to me is real Star Wars. The, the new yeah. ones are sort of airsoft Star Wars. Yeah, thank um, you. That's you know, I mean, I fell in love with Han Solo. I mean, yeah. Well, you know. Hello. <laughs> you know, Han Solo. I mean, never mind the, the Skywalker. I mean, really. Well, not only that. 
you know, we see him as Han Solo, and then, of course, you know, we got him as Indiana Jones immediately following. Right. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> right. So, 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 uh, yeah. so I've been getting little things in the chat room about Downton Abbey. All right. So, Downton Abbey. Okay. Downton Abbey is uh, takes place. It starts in in 1912, um, as in the aftermath of, of the Titanic sinking, and um, it takes place in uh, northern England, in Yorkshire area, um, and at this huge castle mansion, uh, the Earl of Grantham, who is played by Hugh Bonneville, um, is the kind of patriarch and. He's got three daughters and Elizabeth McGovern, who's the lovely American oh, actress, who's in a lot of BBC her. things. Yeah, she's wonderful as his wife. Wow. Shirley MacLaine plays her mother. Um, oh, how really, can you not like Shirley MacLaine? See, there you go. Yeah, I mean, well, it's really, it's really, really, really good. Um, uh, oh, Becky has a crush. So wait a second. Plus, down. So wait. New secret crush. Uh oh. Okay. So he is a tall man. So Becky has a crush on somebody in Downton Abbey, who's tall. Very tall. <laughs> who's tall in Downton Abbey? Carson is tall. He's pretty tall. Um, Thomas. Tom isn't tall. Tom is a little guy. I like Tom. Um, Tom Branson. Um. Ooh, let's see, tall. Matthew's dead. Spoiler alert. Um, could it be the guy who plays uh, Thomas, Becky? Could it be Thomas? Could it, could it, could it? Possibly? She's not could saying. She's hiding out in the, in the chat room. Ha! Huh. Uh, anyway, uh, you should all be watching Downton Abbey because the brand new series begins in January. January 5th is when it premieres again. And uh, oh, by the way, Ian Glenn is in it. Ian Glenn, who is also in um, in Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, oh my God! I didn't realize he was in that. Yeah, oh, he's got I'm a, gonna have to watch it. <laughs> he's, he's got a really, really big part in season two. Oh my um, God! It's just really, I'm I'm really, really enjoying it. Of course, oh, and of course, um, Mrs. Patmore is, um, okay, so he's also in another, H- he's in a show on HBO. Well, that would be Ian Glenn, because Ian Glenn is in the second series of Downton Abbey, and he is very tall, and he is also in um, Game of Thrones. He plays Daenerys' protector. Am I right? Am I right? Is it Ian Glenn? Oh, Katie thinks it's Ian Glenn, too. Oh, he's quite dashing. I almost interviewed him. We never got to get that to work. But I'm still working on that. Um, oh, she's busted. Oh, oh, oh. That's it's got to be Ian Glenn. Definitely Ian Glenn. Oh, I love Ian Glenn. He's great. He is wonderful. Um, kind of a, of, a, of a middle-aged guy. And he can sing. Yes. And he can sing. Yes, he can sing. He's got a very lovely voice. Um, so I want to talk about, since we're on English actors, um, I want to talk about, I just watched the latest episode of Almost Human. Yeah. So I, gosh, you know what, if you're on the West Coast, though, I can't really talk about it because you haven't seen it well, yet. Well, mm. yeah, you're going to spoil me, but I guess. Well, okay, I'm going to not, I'm not going to. <laughs> 
spoil anyone. I, I okay. have, I've discovered the show. I watched the pilot and I really liked it. And I was talking about it all fall. So, oh, Becky says if I if you get if I get he's on my show, I'll she'll give me a cookie. You know the problem with getting oh, him on my go. show. There's a problem. It's a time difference thing. Yeah. Because it's, it's middle hard. of the night. Yeah. Overseas and, is a little difficult. Like right now, it's like two a.m. or something. I mean, it's like really yeah. We, that's one of the problems. I was trying to work it out with HBO, and gosh, I think we spent an entire weekend going back and forth and back and forth. Um, and it just never ever worked out. I mean, this was like going into Saturday night and Sunday. We were going back and forth by email, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, I was on vacation at the time, too. I was like, oh, come on. Um, so um, so I watched Almost Human tonight. And you know who I'm re- – so I love – it stars Carl Urban, um, who was – okay. Oh, <laughs> yes, Mackenzie. Oh, I'm going to get there. Just hold on a second. I'm going to get to Mackenzie in just a minute. Um, it stars Mackenzie. Carl Urban. Do we know – you know who Carl Urban is, right? Yes, I do. Yes, right, I Bones. Know. He plays Bones McCoy in the Star Trek reboot. Mm-hmm. And he also, of course, was Yomer in uh, Lord of the Rings. So he's right. a very well-known Australian okay, actor. He's an Australian actor. You would never know it because he does. Actually, if you close your eyes and listen to him talk, you can hear You can hear that, that Aussie accent. Yeah. Kind of leak leak through the uh, the hard edged American. Um, right. So, but he's great, and of course Michael Ely um, is in it. So, so the show is about there's John Kennix who who is uh, Carl Urban's character, and he's a cop. And a couple of years before the show starts, he's in this ambush, and everybody under his command is killed. And um, accept him, and he actually loses a leg, and he's in a coma for a, a year and a half. And they bring him out of the coma, and um, he's he gets a synthetic leg. Well, at this point, everybody is um, everybody uh, is paired up. All regular <laughs> cops since this incident are yeah, paired up with right. androids. Well, the androids are all, they all look like these ciphers, and they're all sort of emotionless. Yeah. So, well, they're robotic. Yeah, they're robotic. And there's a a type of android who is bred to have uh, emotions and to learn emotions. Um, And uh, and, and so, um, uh, they weren't using them anymore. He, right, right. They, like they, the old they, model, and they were like, right. eh. they mothballed these guys before they were even out there because they were too sensitive. Right, and they um, sort of, kind of direct Kennex in this direction, and he thinks he's kind of on his own doing it, but he gets this um, this android named Dorian, who's played by Michael Ely, and Dorian actually is a lot more sensitive than Kenix is. So that's kind of like one of the conceits of the show is that you have this android who's actually quite more human than yeah. his... Ha, do androids dream of electric sheep? I'm guessing that, that Dorian probably does. Um, and, <laughs> you know, but he, he's almost a sentient being. 
And right. he doesn't have he doesn't have human DNA. And having human DNA in an android is illegal. And that actually comes up in episode two, I want to say. Um, so I love the band. It's it's really it's a cop buddy show. I mean, when you come right down to it, it is a police procedural. There's no question about it. Right. Totally. Um, a buddy show, Starsky and Hutch. You know, it yeah. it really is. Well, I thought of like Lethal Weapon, you know, that's sort of what brought to mind. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, sort of along those lines of. Well, you except know, they're costumes. both young guys. You know, they're both young. Yeah. And it, so more, more Starsky and Hotch, to me. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my, you know. Yes, Blade Runner was based <laughs> yeah. on. Well, you know, Philip, and I actually, uh, Almost Human has a sort of um, Philip K. Dick um, atmosphere to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Minority Reporter or um, yeah. like Blade Runner, although not as intense as Blade Runner. It's not noir. Blade Runner is like so noir. Um, mm-hmm. But but anyway, so in, uh, yes, the last human android I experienced was Data on Star Trek um, Next Generation. And I think Dorian in Almost Human reminds me a lot of Data. Definitely. Um, and, and he's just great. So in this week's episode, um, you have the, the, the guy who works on the androids. He's a brilliant scientist, chemist, engineer, super brilliant guy called, um, and Rudy is played by um, Mackenzie Crook, who I'd never heard of. And um, he, he kind of looks like a washed out rock star from the 70s, he does. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got that look. <laughs> you know, what can I say? Um, you know, kind of long, stringy, yeah. lank hair and Blink. big, gigantic eyes. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's really, he's, but, you know, Mackenzie Crook is most known by Americans, I guess, for um, being, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. He was in um, the British version of The Office. That's probably what he's best known for. Mm-hmm. And he was also in um, um, Game of Thrones. He played right. Oral, right? One of the wildlings. Right. Um, That's right. Yeah. I forgot about and, that, actually. Yeah. But he's also a really, really um, critically acclaimed stage actor. Oh, okay, uh, I didn't I think, realize that. Somebody correct me. He is Tony nominated or did he win a Tony award? He's been in a couple shows on Broadway. Um, I didn't realize that at all. Yeah. And in London, London, he's won a ton of London theater awards. Um, So yeah, he's a London, he's a, he's a British stage actor, uh, but he is also a children's book uh, author and illustrator. He's an art, he's a real artist. Wow. See, I didn't expect that. I would not yeah. expect that from him. Yeah, That's he's, interesting. Yeah. So he's a comedian. He's a sta- He's also a stand-up comedian. So he's a serious actor, a, a, an artist, a writer. Um, yes, he was nominated for the Tony for Seagull. But wasn't he also nominated um, for Jerusalem with Mark Rylance, where he co-starred with Mark Rylance, brought it from London to um, Broadway? I know he's um he's he's definitely he's been nominated and I thought he got nominated um for that as well. 
Um, but I could be wrong. Um, so anyway, to get Jeffrey Rush, two thousand nine. Same year, Jeffrey. Didn't right. win, same year, yeah. Okay. He didn't win. Okay. So yes, he in the Seagull and also I think in Jerusalem um was the name of the play what he did with, with Mark Rylance. Anyway, so I'm intrigued. I always I always like actors who are more than just a, a face. <laughs> yeah, well he's he's not you can't actually No, call him I know. I, he's just, not really just, pretty. Um No, but he's just very he's very um He's cute. Oh, he's adorable. He, he is. He's nerdy. He's nerdy. Cute. He's so he's so ner- he's nerdy yeah. cute. Yeah. He's totally yeah. nerdy cute, and and he's got eyes the size of saucers that are really pretty shaded blue. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll agree with you really, on that one. I anybody those eyes yes. I yes. And he can make them. You know, in in the, that way, he's kind of like Hugh Laurie. He can make his eyes really goofy, but he yeah. can also. You know, they can get hooded and, and much more serious. So, um, yeah. So I, I'm really liking it. I, I uh, He's not the main character. He's not, I, I, you know, this was probably his one big, uh, you know, kind of semi-starring role in an episode. Um, but it was great. And he was really good at it. And the show is just, um, it's, uh, back, it's, as I go back to the old argument, Brits are better actors than Americans. There, you know, and we've talked about this before that um, British they're actors have a different. They have a different training. Yeah, um, they're trained differently. They, they are. You know, it's a whole other. I think. I think they just they are taught from just a total different perspective than American actors. And yeah. actually, I mean, it's it's been like it's been so interesting. Uh, you know, watching, um, of course, Tom Meisen, because he's, he's trained, you know, in England. And it's just interesting how the difference the difference between the two, you know, from English to yeah. American actors. Yeah, you know, it's I been- was reading an interview with the great British director who recently passed away, um, Antonia Bird, who, mm-hmm. um, who said, you know, one of the big differences she's found working with both British and American actors is that, British actors come to the set absolutely prepared. They know their part. They know their lines. They know the script inside and outside and backwards and forwards. And they're ready to take ownership of the role. Whereas American actors coming from a different tradition come in and they say to the director, okay, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, it's more, and they want they to build more direction versus trying to create their character themselves, in other words. You know, one is in, and, 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 and British actors are much more trained in the art of, of improvisation. Yeah. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll like, sort of play with things a little bit. Well, with regards to Almost Human, the ratings last week, this is from last week, this is just the same night. It, without the uh, the next day DVR, uh, but initially uh, it says they got a 1.9 rating, which is 6.56 million viewers, which actually was a 17% slip up from the week before, which I thought was really interesting. I'm like, hmm. So I know that the DVR stuff is really important. So if fans are out there and they're watching these shows, please DVR them and then watch the DVRs because they're adding those as next day for the total ratings. I mean, it's right. really important. And anyway, then the DVR, yeah, I just it was and then the DVR, DVR plus sevens. Yeah. 
Yeah. And people, and they've been keeping track too on Hulu.com, you know, because a lot of the ones that, you know, everybody can pretty much watch almost all of the episodes, you know, most of them are on uh, available on Hulu.com and they are also keeping track of that because then they do the 30 days. They do that, you know, the 30-day yeah. rating to see how they're doing, too. So everybody just keep watching and DVRing and watching. <laughs> but so I the, the notation is, the notation is that Mackenzie is, is a little guy, um, which is obvious. I mean, he's a, you know, kind of fine-boned, small guy, like like Robert Carlyle, um, a little guy, <laughs> which is, which is okay. That's that's Which cool. Which is fine um, with me. What about him? I, he looks really good. I'm married good to one of night. those. I I am married to one of those <laughs> fine boned little guys. So I am cool with that. Um, <laughs> who has who has intensely blue eyes. Um, so but black hair, like jet black hair. Um, there you go. So all of the British actors I've met are very humble, and it was a very different experience attending live theater in England. Compared to her, there's not a lot of hero. Right, there's not a lot of hero worship of actors there. They sort of, they do, you know, they do keep them grounded. And I know Hugh Laurie has said that many times, um, as well as you know, they just they sort of keep them down to earth. You know that they're yeah. no better than anyone else. And one of the things, uh, you know, and, and I think it's changing a little bit, is that in Britain too. Um, is, uh, ha, the question comes, is Robert Wispy in person? Uh, Mackenzie seems to oh. oh, boy, that's an interesting question. That's so, interesting. So I, think <laughs> I wouldn't Robert, call him Wispy, would you? Even in person. Well, you know, I would have in season one, and I would have during um, Stargate Universe. Okay, I'll um, give you Stargate Universe, but I don't I don't think of him as wispy at all. Season one, he he's definitely um, he's definitely bulked up. Whether he's working out or whatever, um, but he's definitely more muscular um, than I imagined he would be. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think he's you know he, he's not he's not wispy. He actually, I mean, if, you know, in, in season one, I would definitely have called him that. Um, but I don't, I certainly meeting him in person, I wouldn't say that, you know, he. Yeah, I don't he's, agree with him being whiskey in season one. You think he was I, I do. I, yeah, I, I don't a, a think little. So. Yeah, I think so. I think it was in his, you know, I think season one, and first of all, during Stargate Universe, I mean, they were all supposed to be like half starved anyway because yeah. um, there was no food and then he went right from that into doing California Solo right which was where so he's good. like I love you know where movie. he's like burned out and you know half dead yeah. anyway and then into the first season of mm. um, Once Upon a Time yeah so so Suonic says yes I've noticed he's gained some weight since season one he was really skinny at the beginning of the series. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at him, you know, the scene from last night's episode, and we will get to work yeah. on it. There's like a lot of TV to talk about tonight. Jeez. I know. Um, like, wow. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Sleepy Hollow yet, and we haven't even gotten to, you know, Revolution. To, to Revolution, Revolution yet. Incredible. Oh, my gosh. There's so much to talk about. Um, I know. But, yeah, um, 
so yeah, in, in season one, I mean, if you look at the scenes last night between him and Regina, while he's in the cage, and, yeah. and you compare that to um, the pilot, take a look I'll at have that. have to look. I yeah. will. I didn't notice yeah. that. But I love that we saw our full-out rumple. We haven't seen him for a while. You know, I love that. Yes, we have we got seen to see him. him. So, no more you know. skin tight leather in the last two seasons. That's the comment. <laughs> <laughs> I True. Love, I loved how he looked when he came out of the box. That's my favorite. I did too. And then, he's dashing. He's still dashing. He's yeah. dashing. I he's just, just a little more. That, he's he's a little more bulked up. Yeah, but he needs to stay in that clothing. I mean, I hate he's going to go back to the three piece suit. It's like, uh, oh, I don't want him in the suit. I like that. Him. Oh, you like- know, Becky wants to talk about Once Upon a Time. All right. Oh, let's, all right, okay, all right. Let's talk about <laughs> okay, Oh, my gosh. So, spending all this time talking holy about Holy crap. So- all I can say is my mouth was like, first of all, okay, let me just say this. Initially, you know, we, well, we, we talked earlier, Barbara, and I was like, okay, I thought it was way too easy. The whole time I'm like, okay, this is like way too easy. This is too perfect. It all just kind of worked out. I'm like, what? There's like no, no angst. There's no, there was no, you know, they didn't put enough obstacles in the way. And then, of course, of course, at the very end, now we know why. But, but it, and so that was my big beat about the whole thing. Was yeah, like, I mean, just too easy. So, so I'm, you know, I've questioned, and I like the episode. I, you know, I did. I liked the episode a lot. Like yeah. you, I thought it was kind of like all sewn up pretty easy. And yes, I know Peter Pan is Henry, but okay. Well, what about Charming? Well, that was the other thing. Okay, so then not only that, not only do they get Henry back, they get the heart back, they put it in, blah blah blah. blah. Oh, okay. Well, they've got the Pandora's box now. They'll just take Rumple out. Now Charmings can come back with them. Uh, they've got the Lost Boys with them. They're going to take them back to Storybrooke. And then I'm like, okay, well, what about, what about Rumpel's shadow? Hello? What about the dagger? And the dagger. Yeah, what, where's the shadow? What, where's his shadow? Where's, where's the shadow, his dagger? The dagger? Is he still the dark one? We still don't know. Well, he we'll didn't probably, really reference it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, think, I think one of the things that we will um, we'll find out uh, next season, next season, next episode is a little bit of that. Um, the ending, Becky said, the end did throw me. I realized what happened when Henry started acting all weird on the Jolly Roger. And right. yeah, they jumped on the sh- See, they've done that. This is the second time that they've, they've done that. Like with the, with the um, Captain Hook episode. Yeah. The Killian episode, everything was just sort of wrapped up really quickly. Yeah, it's like it's like they just they they should have given it one more episode and really done it well. I mean, I understand that they're you know they're kind of okay. Well, they're gearing up now for the winter finale, and they wanted right. to kind of close that chapter of Neverland. But you know, you can't just this this show is so. I mean, fans really dissect it. Fans want the complexity. There was not enough complexity in this episode, yeah. and. It yeah. just felt rushed, and it felt like it was just too, oh, well, we'll just do this real quick, and then the big thing will be when, you know, Peter Pan, you know, shows up, you know, Henry is now Peter Pan, and 
you know, I just I, I just felt like it was just too quick. They should have taken two episodes to do this, or they should have. Yeah, I I, just, I don't know. I, yeah, I was I really I you know, and I don't. As I said, I I like the episode. I, it's always for me. This is my thing. When I find that I can be doing other things while I'm watching, and then I can go yeah. and write my review without right. having to go back and and rewatch it, especially right. when I've been distracted, because I get the thread of it without having to yeah. relook. You know, the the complexity isn't there. And um, and the pacing is uneven. There's no question. Yeah. The pacing is very uneven. It seems really, really slow and, and drawn out. And then, yeah. boom, they have to fish, fish, you know, really, really hurry. Um, right. And we don't see the fallout from um, Charming, you know, with right. the dream shade. We don't, we don't know. There's no, there was nothing mentioned. There was no scene where it was like, okay, now what? You know, can well, do you think you can do you think you can help him? Right, um, and like, and I feel to. like they, I just feel like that they just kind of, they, maybe they they maybe they shot that that had to and it leave got it on cut. the cutting floor because of editing, yeah, yeah, yeah. because of the time, which is kind of what I suspect. But it yeah. does a disservice by cutting that particular scene because that was one of the right. main things, you know. Snow and Charming are willing to, you know, she's willing to stay there to live. And they make know, mention of it. Oh, I'm gonna, if, yeah. if I'm going to have to stay here, then right. I want to spend my last, well, wait, but my they're on the ship now. What's daughter. going on? Yeah. Right. What's, it was what's going of, on? I was like, okay, well, what, wait a minute. That's just, it just, it just, it just all was too quickly done. It wasn't, they didn't take their time with it. I feel like they just were rushing it because they needed to get this chapter done and move on to the next chapter. And, and the other thing, and I'm and I'm still, I mean, I, my uh, my review, and I, hopefully, if you hopefully you've all read my review. If not, go back <laughs> read my review. Um, <laughs> uh, there were whole bunches of questions I had, whole whole bunches of questions. Um, and you know, yes, the, the flat la- the flashbacks were great. Um, then in the present, whoosh, hop on the Jolly Roger. Yeah. So all the Lost Boys agree to go. And next yeah, week, they're back in Storybrooke. It was like wham, bam, and back in Storybrooke like, land. I mean, yeah, I like remember, that. These Lost, Boys, these Lost Boys hate their parents. They feel like they right. or you know, they just feel lost, whatever. I mean, all of a sudden, okay, you're going to be, my, you know, you're going to give them love, and so they're going to just so, give up hand. I mean, the whole point of the whole point of the Lost Boys and the island and everything like that and the fact that Pan has such a hold on them is because they were sort of, in a sense, they're brainwashed to a certain extent. Right. He's the cult leader. So quickly. Yeah, yeah he's the cult for, leader. For, that, for them to agree to go back to Storybrooke, you know, oh, our parents, okay. That's yeah. Like, Wait a minute. So, what okay, so, so, so I wanted to backtrack for a minute. So let's okay. talk about the flashbacks and Regina adopting Henry. Yeah. That was, so that was, um, I really liked that. I really thought that was well done. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting that you know she's not affected by the curse, so she can leave. Yeah. Uh, that's what my when I was oh my god, that's so funny. I was rewatching it this afternoon, and that is I'm like, well, wait a minute, she gets to go to Boston. How come she can leave Storybrooke? I was like, wait a minute. But I guess that, she oh, yeah, yeah. the curse, so that means that she can leave. I guess she's not affected by it. 
she's not affected. Her memory, her memory, you know, I mean, I guess not. I guess she can go, come and go. Um, So, so, oh, Becky's his favorite line. I'm flattered, but yes, I love that. I love that (laughs) snark. Um, So, okay. So here's the question. So, um, does Mr. Gold know about, does he, is his memory intact at the beginning? Well, I, I and know. does he, does he, does he take, so, so this is, okay, so can I, wait, let me see, let me say what I think. Okay, so, okay, so he, he arranges for the adoption and Henry is brought there, right? And it happened right. really very quickly. Yes. And we know there is a forgetting spell. We know that, that, that Rumple has a forgetting spell. He gave it to Snow. Right. Remember? So, and we know that Regina took it at the end there. Right. So did Gold take it, embedding in the in the spell a trigger when he meets the twenty eight year old Emma to wake up from the oh, from the spell? Well, yeah. I mean, the whole thing about the trigger when Emma shows up and sees her at at um, Grandma's Inn, whatever, to get a room. Yeah, I mean, he hears her name, Emma, and that was the trigger, because that's why he wanted to know. The reason that he wanted uh, to know the baby's name was so that he can use that as a trigger. And see, and I think, I think he possibly still had his memories. At least for the moment. For the moment, because he doesn't have his memory. In the first episode of the series, he does not have his memory. No, he, he clearly doesn't. doesn't. And and, so, and both Adam and Eddie and Robert Carlyle have all said that his memory was triggered when he met Emma. Right. Exactly. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that at the very beginning he didn't until he got Henry into Storybrooke that he didn't remember. Right. Um, well, it's, it's possible so, that maybe, see, this is what I'm wondering. I mean, I think Owen coming to town and all of that, the father and, and Owen member, they kind of stumbled across, uh, across Storybrooke when it was all of a sudden dropped from the basically sky and they show up there. And maybe, maybe that is Ruckle's doing. We don't know. Well, but Angela says, okay, but whoa, whoa, so it's, wait a second. So Angela says he didn't get his memories till Emma showed up, right, because he had forgotten. If he'd had his memories, he'd never been able to go to New York City. He'd have been able, he'd have been able to go to, he would have been able, if he hadn't been affected by the curse, even if he took a forgetting spell, um, if he had his memories at the beginning, that would have meant that he wasn't affected by the spell. Well, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he didn't realize that he wasn't. Maybe that's part of the spell he was under. Well, that's true, too. Maybe he didn't, you know. I mean, that's kind of fan-wanking. Right. But um, but there's there's got to be, you know, and the whole thing about... Um, yeah, that's the thing. The whole thing about... What the, but, the, but the Darling Boys, you know, going after... They knew. They knew. They knew. They were after the kids. 
See, I, I'm wondering, could it be that the Darling Boy somehow came uh, stumbled upon Storybrook or, or Rumpel, had a conversation with him, with Gold, maybe, and maybe maybe that could have triggered somebody coming to look for the baby. That would trigger somebody yeah. because he would know that the baby was Emma. So maybe maybe the, maybe that'll come up later, you know, in another flashback yeah. of the darling. Yeah. Maybe they ran into him, and then that's how he realized. And then he was like, "Crap, I got to get going on this." And right. somehow the but there's the, there's something going on there. I mean, there's yeah. definitely something there about what he did or what he didn't. Um, and and some people think, oh no, he didn't remember it all up until that point where he meets Emma. But I don't. I don't know how would he is it just is it just fate that and 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 you know fate and um randomness that brings Henry to them how can that be No I think there's it's got to be a little bit of both I think Yeah I, mean, I think because well the other thing is you know I'm wondering if he he had to know well that's the other thing he doesn't know who his son is yet he knows right. Somehow or other, he knows that that kid is special. Yeah. That, that he's the key to this to the whole curse thing because he's the kid that has to go and find Emma to bring her to story right. to break the you know she's gonna so he somehow knows whether it's he knows you know, something. He doesn't remember who, maybe you know I don't know. There's got to be like another another story backstory that we just don't know. Yeah, so they need to so, together. Oh, definitely. Because... Yeah. So, so Becky's asking. So, are the darlings related to the Charmings and the Stiltskins? Huh. Hmm. Hmm. I'm. That could be. I would say probably not because. Yeah. You know, I, I I just don't see that. I mean, maybe the darlings the darlings were in a different time frame too, as far as I understand it. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think they're related. I mean, they're they're you know part of the Lost Boys. I mean, Pan is obviously Rumpel's father. Right. And uh, I love that moment where um, Neil asks him, um, you know, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, that was oh. And and like, oh. and he said, you know, I just, you know, I he feels so unworthy. Yeah. You know? And he's like, just, you're nothing like him. And I was like, oh, cutest moment. We it was not nice. too. That was we although really some people that. some people some people thought that um, that should have been also harder. Yeah, I mean, it should have been. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. They could have expanded a lot of things. They could have like fixed. Some of these questions, I mean, the thing is, is that Adam and Eddie, they know how we dissect each episode. And so they have to know that these, that there are these holes that, you know, maybe they're going to, that they're going to have to plug in. Maybe they do it. I mean, I just can't imagine that they forgot about all this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we should have had, I wish there would have been more of a conversation between Bay and Rumpel. And I, like I said, I mean, no mention of the shadow, no mention of the dagger. Yeah. you know, of of charming all of a sudden, you know, oh, he can fly out of there, fine. I mean, it was just, yeah. those are major and, things. Those are major things, and they were plot yeah. points throughout this this first part right. of the so season. Where, so where is Rumpel's shadow in all of this? Well, I think that Pam's shadow has Rumpel's shadow, maybe, oh. uh, holding it. And and he's got the dagger, but see, this is the thing that's crazy: is the ending. Obviously, he 
he was able to switch. This is the other thing. He can't switch shadows. I don't understand how that all worked. He was trying to rip Henry's shadow from him. But in, in having that contact with Henry, he was able to make the transfer. But you got to remember, that's the other thing. His shadow is on the island. His shadow is not yeah. with him. Right. So right. it's not like he could switch shadows. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's sort of what I thought initially when I first watched it. Yeah, I don't think it. so. So I don't think that's it. But, you know, so now Henry's trapped in there. So um, I will be really, you know. really disappointed to find out next week that, you know, behind the scenes, Rumble got his shadow and the dagger and everything is hunky-dory. That will be upsetting. I, I, I think you, they did not do that to us. Yeah, I mean, I I think one of the things that the show does sometimes do is it gets really simplistic. And I think part of it is for um, the younger viewers, and there's not the texturing and layering. Um, And I don't know who wrote last night's episode. I can't, I don't, I don't know. um, I didn't, I don't remember who wrote it. But, um, Yeah, okay, so Angela has said a couple of times um, also about the Pandora's box. He comes Uh out of the Pandora's box, and he's fine. Yeah. There's no, no, yeah, for for a box containing all the world's evils, Rumpel didn't seem very, I mean, I thought he would come out of there completely bedraggled, you know, bedraggled, yeah. And he looked like pristine, like he had just, came, you know, come out of a, a GQ. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know, which is easy on the eyes. <laughs> which is great, but I'm just saying, you know, I mean, yeah, you expected him to be more, uh, you know, not only that, but I mean, was it just him okay. that he let out of that box? What about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Okay, don't so, know. so, so Becky says, Becky's got an answer. Maybe Rumpel's shadow is hiding out so other shadows couldn't find it. Rumpel probably could whistle for his shadow and it will come running with the dagger. That's too easy, too. I mean, the whole thing of it is is that it was supposed to be a major plot point that he ripped his shadow from himself. So, so there's, a, there's another comment. I think Eddie in particular doesn't like to do character development. He's all about action. Yeah. And actually, that's true. And the, the really but, the only character that they've done any character development on at all in the is, series is Rumpel. Is Rumpel. Is Rumpel. Yeah. To a agreed. lesser degree, well, the, to a lesser degree, um, Regina. Regina, but for the most part, um, all the character development has been to Rumpel. I mean, I think they all love writing for him. Oh, of course. Well, you know, they we, love writing we, for the character and they adore writing for Carlisle. So, um, yeah, I just uh, Becky says he was taking a vacation at Med Spa. <laughs> he was stuck in the box for five minutes, but I wanted oh, him to stay in there. But it was a bit really, anticlimactic. There was a lot that was it anticlimactic. Was. It really, it after very... all of that, after what is this? This is episode nine. After nine episodes, it just it all seemed really anticlimactic. Yeah. It was just too simple. It was too simple, and it wasn't like I was. I really had 
just all conjured up all these things in my head of what it was going to be, you know, in anticipation of it, especially making us wait the extra week. And then it's just kind of like, okay, well, they're happy. They got everybody. Okay, everyone's fine. There's no – and, yeah, I mean, now they're going to have to deal with Pan and, and that whole thing. And But, I mean, and what about all the kids? Like, it just – and the kids, the kids just didn't make sense to me. Like, they're just going to automatically, okay, we'll we'll mother them a little bit. And, oh, really, our parents? Okay, well, he's at the seeking tree. I was like, wait, this is too easy. I mean, and the one the one lost boy, Felix, that, you know, actually yeah. know, didn't want anything to do with it is a real lost boy. I'm sorry. Everybody else is just kind of like there for, I mean, I don't know. And then yeah. Wendy, I mean, obviously the darlings are going to be, you know, involved in, um, in all of this. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I was just well, not happy we'll to see. Really. I mean, I mean, we'll it was see. fun to watch, but. Yeah. I mean, next week will be great because it'll be all of the reunions next week. Yeah. I'm anxious for that. I think so that'll, that'll be, be kind of nice. I'm really, I'm looking forward to, um, of course, Belle, you know, of course, in the preview. Oh, my rumble. You know, I miss Yeah. But see, is yeah. he really going to be the same? Is he going to be the same? Well, I that's no question. Yeah, but I mean, we got no indication, and we got no indication, like, even you're talking about character development, they could have done, and they still could do, and should do, much more for Charming and what he just went through. Yeah, he's gone through a lot. Okay, so there's the new, I just got the new press release earlier. Oh, I got the new press photos. Okay. Really nice. Um, Okay, so I'm looking at a really, and I'll post these later tonight, by the way. Um, I just re- I just oh great. Um, meeting Belle properly. I know. Okay, Angela. there's That's a beautiful. Really cool. There is a gorgeous, gorgeous portrait of uh, Rumpel and Belle. <gasps> it's just it's yes. gorgeous. It's yeah, I it can't is gorgeous. Wait to see that. And uh, then there's a picture of uh, Henry looking very pan-like and. Uh, oh Lord. With uh, what's his name, get- the Lost Boy guy. Um, and the whole big reunion, um, and and Rumple. Oh, let's see. Rumple and Balor arm in arm, and Rumple is holding the box and explaining something. Oh, okay. So there, there's something going on there. Um, and uh, we have, uh, yeah, a lot of the pictures. Um, yeah, have have Bell and Rumple attached at the hip. Pretty much. Awesome. Well, that's good for me. I'm so good that, with that. So let's see. Um, really press different. release. So so wait, okay, wait. what does that say? So the new Neverland. Okay. The residents of Storybrooke are overjoyed upon the return of Henry and our heroes, but a well-hidden pan is secretly plotting to shake up the lives of the townspeople. Um, unbeknownst to them, a plan is secretly being put in place by a well-hidden pan that will shake up the lives. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, Snow White and Prince Charming's honeymoon turns out to be anything but romantic when they go in search of a mythical being that could stop Regina cold in her tracks. So the guest stars for next week, so this is, that often tells us things. Um, yes. Of course, we have Lee Ehrenberg, um, Keegan Connor Tracy, we have the Blue Fairy, we have Granny, we have Doc, we have Sneezy, 
sleepy, dopey, happy, bashful pan. Uh, Ariel is back. So we'll have Ariel. Um, Eric, and we have Eric and Tinkerbell and Felix and and Wendy and James Emeckis as the keychain and Matt Kane as the glasses. Interesting. Oh, I like, by the way, this episode, I like seeing Raphael. We got to see him. It was nice having him on. And we got, and we got to hear, what is it? I always say his name, G G and Carlo. How do you say his name? G and Carlo Esposito, my buddy. Yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> he. Um, it was nice to hear his voice. I I was wondering. I saw you know that he was guest starring. I'm like, well, how in the hell are they going to do that? Because I know they're on a tight schedule with Revolution. But yes. they they were able to do it like just audio. audio so that's cool. So but, Angela yeah. is going to meet Raphael at Enchanticon. So so Angela. So I'm going to ask you a favor. So you should tell him all about my radio show, and he should come on there it. There you go. <laughs> Yay. I there should you tweet, go. I should tweet him. But yes, sure, definitely. You him. Um <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, he's great. I love him. I think he's really great. Um so uh so what do you, so this so we got two more episodes, right? Yes. Two more episodes until the big break. Yeah, it's I'm really a long break too. You know, I mean, I think in a way, yeah, it is going to be a big big long break. Um, And during the break, I mean, we'll be doing some talking about Once Upon a Time as I find out information. Yeah. But we'll be talking about Revolution a lot more. Um, We'll be talking about Human, which I am going to be uh, writing about Almost Human every week, I think. Cool. Um, and we'll be talking about, uh, Sleepy Hollow, but that's almost through too with its season. Yes. Oh yeah. Can we talk about that real quick? Yeah. Let's talk about Sleepy Hollow. My Sleepy Hollow. I, I would, oh, anyway, I absolutely love this show. Anyway. Yes. Sleepy Hollow. Wait, hold on one second before we go, before we go, before we go. Um, Becky asks, I wonder what the cast will be doing during the break. Well, they're already on yeah. break. They are already been on break on... since last week, I think. My guess, my guess is that oh. since half the cast are from the UK. That's what I'm thinking, <laughs> a lot too. Of them, they're all in the UK right now. A lot of them are home. Um, you know, I would guess that, that Robert is back in Glasgow. And, you know, people are like, why isn't he tweeting? Why isn't he tweeting? Well, I guess. He's either on holiday with his family or back in Glasgow with his family, and um, which is cool. And, of course, Colin O'Donoghue and all those guys, all of the, the, the British cast are probably back in Britain. So, um, And everyone else is kind of enjoying the holidays. Um, Robert doesn't tweet a whole lot. He did at the beginning. I think it was kind of, um, you know, I think he got, he probably got, like, way overwhelmed. I was like, holy yeah. crap. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I think it sort of took him. Um, but but I, you know, I mean, he tweets every once in a while, and uh, that's good. But I don't think he has these long tweet sessions like he did at the beginning. Um, it they take time, and and he doesn't have a lot of uh, right. a lot of free time. And my I suspect, especially when he's you know in Vancouver filming, 
Um, oh, Angela says they're not on break yet. The ones who were live tweeting last night said they had an early morning call today. Oh, um, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, Robert Robert did used to tweet more, and he probably did get swamped by trolls. And you know what? The t- you know, I, I follow his Twitter feed, and the tweets that he gets are, say happy birthday to me, here's this picture, here's this, yeah. oh, here's this thing, I'm like, oh, you know, I really want you to follow me, and it's, and it's like, uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I know, it's like, okay, well. And, and yeah. I think you're right, Angela, I think he maybe did get scared away a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think he's he's a very, he is a very... Um, private person, which is why he's never yeah. in People Magazine or any of that, because he doesn't open himself up for that. And he is not, from everything that I know about him, as Angela says, he's not really comfortable with fame. I yeah. would almost 100% guarantee that that is correct. Um, yeah. He does the, the PR stuff, and he's a doll about doing that at Comic-Con. Um, and he's really lovely about that stuff. Um, cause not all actors are. And, um, but I don't think he's the kind of guy, I mean, he doesn't even go on, you know, Leno or Letterman or, you know, or anything like that, or even stuff in Britain. Um, he's just very much about the work. Um, where the creative thing, yeah, yeah. He would, he would retweet like creative things and fan bids and, and, uh, you know, he, he DM'd me one time um, after I wrote my review of California Solo, and um, which was cool. lovely. Um, so, um, but yeah, so I think that that's probably why. Um, it's just probably not in his, you know, and I don't think he's being snobby about it. I just think that. No, I just uh, think that, you know, he, that's the thing, you know, I, people don't I realize that- you know, these actors, I mean, they're just people. And, you know, yeah. when you're bothering them about, you know, kind of stuff like that, you know what I mean? It's just, it sort of takes the fun out of it for them. And they get yeah. bugged and bugged and bugged. And you're, so I totally understand, you know, where oh, yeah. he's coming yeah. from with that. Yeah. But, and, 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 you know, probably why he chooses smaller movie roles. I mean, I've read his opinions of doing large movies where you spend most of your time in a trailer. Um, and waiting and you get, (laughs) and you get cold, you know, and you get cold. Um, and, and that living in Britain, he's, he's actually also said that that's one of the reasons he loves living in Glasgow still is because they don't let him get too full of himself. Right. And, you know, and And I know he's got, and and I'm guessing that right now he's probably working on his, um, you know, he's doing this this uh, movie, the Barney Thompson movie. So uh-huh. I'm guessing he's pretty busy with working on that too. So anyway, um, so let's talk about Sleepy Hollow. We have 23 okay. minutes left. I can't believe it. We still haven't talked about Revolution. So let's talk okay, about so Sleepy last- Hollow for a little bit, and then we'll talk about Revolution. Um, okay. So um, Sanctuary. Yes. What do you think? It was a great episode. It was so freaking good. I mean, it was written by Elizabeth Chitra and Damien Kindler. They're two, and it was Elizabeth's idea, actually. She she said that she, it was kind of interesting because she said she um, she pitched the idea when they were filming episode two, 
Blood mm-hmm. Moon, which is actually uh, repeated tonight. And and uh, Mark Goffman, the executive producer, he's like, oh, sure, you know, go for it and sign it. So it's sort of like their their take on Scarecrow, sort of. And it was so freaking, it was so scary. I mean, seriously, the haunted house thing. But my favorite, I think the most creepiest part for me was when Ichabod, when they were trying to get away from the creature, and Ichabod, and they're coming out of this, this uh, tunnel or whatever, this, this, uh, what were they? They were in the walls almost, whatever. And yeah. Like, come on, come on, Lieutenant, and he, and it turns out it's the Scarecrow, and, he, and that was just so freaky. But it was so good. It was, oh uh, yeah. I I, I it was, absolutely loved it. I really did. I and I thought, you know, wow, he's got a he's got a child. Yes, that was shocking. And did you see his? The I mean, when he at the very end is like hacking up that guy. You think you can come? my wife and my kidneys, you know, hacking away, hacking away, hacking away. I guess um, Tom Meisen, he did all of his axe work, and he did all of his sword fighting in the previous episode, the, mid, um, the uh, what was it, the uh, ne- Necromancer. He did all of his, all of the sword fighting that was done on that show. He did all of it. He did all of the axe fighting, all of his axe stuff. He did it himself. And Well, I'm guessing, again, uh, you know, British actors, you know, yeah. they got that training. You know, I mean, um to just go back one moment to to Carlisle, I mean he's an expert swordsman. Mhm. And I would oh, yeah, yeah I would guarantee that his sword fights in Once Upon a Time are are all him. Yeah, totally. And then it was so funny because people on Twitter, you know, were watching it and everything, and all the ladies were like, "Woohoo! He wore his hair down at the very end." Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, right, right. I love that. I love him with the longer hair. I like his hair that way. I think they need to wear it. He needs to wear it that way more often. But the funny thing about it, that last thing, you know, he's hacking up this guy with the axe. He's got a ripped shirt. He's just pissed as all hell. He comes out. He's got blood all over. (laughs) She didn't even say, you know, like, he, he he gets in the car. You know, he's all bloody. But then the next scene... You know, he's talking to Abby. He's in a clean shirt, but doesn't he only have supposedly one set of clothes? <laughs> and and his shirt was ripped. And he, I know. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, I guess I'm being too literal. But <laughs> I'm like, okay, where did he get? How did he get a, a clean shirt? I thought there was only one. You know, it was just funny. But um, but it was really a great. Um, it was great. And you know, we learned that. Abby, uh, her ancestor is the one that actually delivered Ichabod's son, which is very interesting. And, um, like, they've been linked together, they're, they're, you know, by fate, but also by destiny. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I love that, that they yeah, are linked. That, that she's the yeah. descendant of the woman who helped to give birth to his son. Yeah. I mean, how cool incredible. is that? And I love that connection. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I love I love their connection, and I do think that they're going to develop it into a romance. I hope so. They better. I mean, I love my Ick Abby. We're calling we're calling the couple Ick Abby. That's Ick Abby. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I saw it could be. I love it. It could be. It could be. Isn't it cute? I mean, it's like, yeah. oh my god. I just love them together. Well, and then, too, what was interesting, we got to see Captain Irving's daughter and ex-wife. The daughter is in a wheelchair.
which I thought was really interesting. And um, and Abby and and her, and the daughter have this like little convo, and uh, she's like, "Give your dad a chance." Blah blah blah. And the the mother, the ex, is like, "You said you'd be, you know, more. You'd be around, you know." I think her name. God, what was her name? Was it Macy? I think I can't remember what her name is. But anyway, you said you'd be with her. You know, more taking this job. We haven't even seen you. But now, see, they're in the secret war against the demons. So how can he tell the ex and, the, and keep the daughter safe if he's involved in this secret war against, uh, you know, stop, uh, stopping the apocalypse with Gabby? So I don't know. I don't know how that's all going to gonna shake out. But what else is funny is Orlando Jones, you talk about on Twitter, that guy is hilarious on Twitter. He, he tweets, he tweets the, the, the East yeah. and the West Coast, he tweets, and he's just too funny. He's like, oh my god. Anyway, I just love listening yeah. to his tweets and stuff. But yeah. 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 And um, now we were talking about on, well, you know, Sleepy Hollow Addicts, but what I was talking about with um, Gage, Jason Raymond, he, he kind of like helps me. He did. He was a guest co-host last week, and mm-hmm. he was talking about, you know, there's like inconsistencies in the history and stuff. Like he was saying, well, how can um, he be Ichabod be in 17, you know, supposedly what the war was the revolution of war 1781, but how is he in 1773? Working under the Queen's Regiment, but ha- that has Declaration of Independence. I don't know. There was like all these like different things. Yeah, and, there's and, a yeah. lot of little fudged um, American history in there. Yeah, <laughs> and so we were talking about. Yeah, we think we need to, them to fix that. I think they will. It's just kind of you know, they have to fix the history a little bit. They do. Yeah, they definitely it was so do. Much. So the next one is is on Monday. Next Monday, Monday. We have next new episode it's is on Monday. Column. Oh golem. yeah, so so the it's it's, it's a golem. Um, golem. It's pronounced golem. It's golem. Okay. Um, a golem. See, the golem story comes out of Jewish legend, mm-hmm. and it's Jewish legend says there was actually um, there's an episode of the X Files called Kaddish in the fourth season. That's Wait, about a golem. Okay. It was about the golem. It was about the Orthodox Jewish woman who conjured a golem. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, and the weirdo, yeah, the weird grandmother, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so golems are men made of mud, and they are conjured um, by, um, uh, by... not incantation because we don't have incantations, but um, they're conjured for specific, they're protective. And um, they are really, I mean, there are different legends about golems, but um, I'm really curious to see what they do with it. Yeah. Um, I know on the X-Files, X-Files had done a, did a really good job with the legend. Um, I thought it, they, they did it was creepy, actually. That I mean, was, was actually the episode, episode. That was actually the episode where everybody wondered, "Is Mulder Jewish?" Yes. <laughs> Funny. And that I was, know. by the way, that was, by the way, the episode that spurred my very, very first ever, ever, ever fan fiction. Aw, see, there is a purpose for X Files. <laughs> 
So if you go back and read my Golem, my Golem uh, um, fan fiction, it's somewhere out there in the internet ether. That is so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I was such a big X file. That was crazy. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about um, let's talk about revolution and, and yeah. where it's going. Um, it oh is God. really. Yeah, so it is. Good. There is so much going on in it. Oh, but it's so much better than last season. I can't even get over. It. I mean, like literally oh, every. Didn't season, I say? I'm I'm like, I told you guys. I said this is so much better. You so did. much better. Um, like every I'm really. Episode, I'm like, oh my god. Drinking my tea. Sorry. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, Suwanik says, yes, is it floating around the net still? Yes, it is, it is. Um, somewhere around there. Talk about Revolution for a minute. I'll see if I can find it. All right, well, Revolution. Oh, my God. So, obviously, oh, so last week, poor, um, oh, my God, what's his name? Aaron. Aaron suddenly shows, you know, finds himself in this isolated house. With is it her name was Michelle I think right I can't remember the teacher's name but anyway and he's talking to this little boy and this little boy is like you know who are you know who, you know how did I get here blah 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 and then we come to find out that he the little boy quote is the are these are the the little the nano drugs whatever the little the little things that that Aaron. I guess created. I guess in any way, but he—that's how he—he he controls them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they get into a pickle, of course, and um, and uh, and he t- he first he tells the little kid to go away. You can't. You got to stop killing people. I didn't ask you to kill people. Uh, and then of course the baddies show up because they want to take him back into custody or whatever for their experiment. And the guy shoots that shoots Michelle in the stomach, and then all of a sudden Aaron's like, "Kill them, kill them all!" And so, it, whatever these beings are, they kill them all. And then, but he wouldn't save Michelle, so Michelle's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is happening? Oh my God! Um, and I actually, I'm hoping for Monroe and Charlie to get together. I think they'd be hot together. Yeah, I I would like that. He I'd like her a lot. Fine. Yeah, as she long as she's got to stay times. around. As long as she's got to yeah. stay around. <laughs> Let her do that. Yeah. And, oh, so uh, how do I get this in the – oh, wait. How do I get this in the chat room to be a link? It is. It's, it's a, a link. It's a I link. It. Okay. I don't yeah, see it as a link in mine. Maybe it's because oh, I typed yeah, it's it. A link. I just – yep, I have it right here. I'm sorry. My okay. first fanfic. <laughs> my first fanfic. Yes, it's my first oh, fanfic. You're to have to read it. I'll read it um, later. Wait, can I read the beginning? Can I just read my note? Yeah. Because it's so funny. Because, link, I mean, <laughs> I wrote this in 1997, guys. Okay. <laughs> the full Monty had just come out. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> this funny. This is my first, my first fanfic. I wrote this in response to my observation during the episode that Mulder was very affected by the surroundings and events of this episode. He is often affected. It's what makes David Duchovny's characterization so wonderful. But I sense something more here, something unstated, bothering Mulder, that he could not articulate. He often during the episode seemed like he wanted to say something but could not. Testament to Dee Dee's always sensitive portrayal of the haunted and tormented Mulder. 
So much of what is intriguing about Mulder is not what he says, but how he says it and things left unsaid. I'm also playing off the sometimes intense debate over Mulder's ethnicity and religious background. I personally do not care if Mulder is Jewish or Janian. I still like him. But for the purposes of this story, I'm going to take the leap that he is at least by birth Jewish. Sue me if I'm wrong. This is my very first fan fiction, so don't blame me. (laughs) That's too funny. (laughs) Oh, my God. I wrote this on the old X-Files. Um, the news group. Oh, funny. Oh, my God. So everybody go and read it. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's it's true. I mean, I, does, does my description of Mulder sound familiar yeah. to everyone? Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's I a, agree it's my with MO. that. It's my totally MO. I mean, oh, every, every character. Tortured. Tortured and tortured tormented. And yep. Yeah. And it's, and it's the actor, you know. It's, it's usually... Not even the writer so much as the actor that does that. So, oh, yeah. okay. Well, so, he's, he's fabulous. So anyway, so yeah. So what I, okay. So what so I what love it, with okay, sorry. Um, with Aaron, yeah, with those little nanobot things. Yeah, those are freaking me out, man. Then they're kids, really. That's what I don't well, quite and get. What do I they guess. do? You know, and what do they do? And of course, um, what's his name? Who's played by um. That wonderful actor, and I can never pronounce his name ever because I'm really bad at pronouncing it. He was in House. He was in. Yeah, Microsoft. no, the, old, the creepy doctor guy that's doing all the experiments. Yeah, and, you know, it's yeah. like his hand is shaking, right? And he wants to take it so that he is fixed. And, right. And, you know, it's all the genetic stuff. You know, what are the nanobots doing to, to the genetics? Um right. Right? Is he gonna, you know, and 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 are they all in? Are is Aaron immortal now? Right. See, and that's what I'm thinking. But you, oh, I but think now, he... I I I think it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, are they going to take it to the next level? Are they gonna try and? I I I don't know. I mean, they have to get rid of this guy. I mean, he's he's just bad. I mean, let him die. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't deserve the nanobots to save his life, that's for sure. After all these horrible, yeah, I mean, all the experiments they were doing on Aaron, I was just like, and then the father, though, Rachel's dad, you know, now he's trying to kind oh, of make yeah. it And, I mean, he's so deep in, in it with these patriots. And then you had um, uh, Giancarlo Espedito's I can't think of his character's name, but finds his wife on the train. They're headed up to the... Right. They're trying to infiltrate the Patriots. They're going to go and basically, I think, try to assassinate the president at D.C. So they're on this train. They they finagle their way on this train, and they see his wife is alive. They have a little, you know, smooch in the thing, and, and so I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's like, that was like, whoa, I did not expect that at all. Um, I'm I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, and I'm really, I'm really excited as to where it's going. Um, yeah. So I'm going to bring in. I'm going to um, the last few minutes. I know that Meredith and Taylor um, oh, have okay. been waiting in the uh, in the in the queue. So I'm going to bring in Taylor for a minute, but just for a minute. If you have a question or a comment, Cause we, yo, hi, yo, yo. Taylor, how, hey, how are you? Hi. I'm fine. Hi. We're only we like only got another about revolution. Sure, make your comment about revolution. 
I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I think today's, I think uh, Everybody Says I Love You is a good episode, mainly because it contained a lot of bats in it, 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 it contained Aaron as a character, but there's a dislike in it in that it contains lots of obvious explanations towards the sci-fi aspect. I mean, we already knew that the Nanites were sending from episode one, and there was just, I don't know, too much pandering in that the plot didn't even work well. But I, I gave it a 7.2 out of 10, mainly because it worked well as an episode as a whole. The action, the characters, the characters, Grayson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good Thank enough. you for having me on. Okay. No problem. Good okay. Bye. And I'm going to bring in, I'm going to bring in Meredith as well. Hi, Meredith. Hey, Meredith. How are you? I'm okay. So, anyway, um, so what do you think of last night's show? I liked it. I have to admit, I was hoping it would be a little bit more exciting, like you were saying. But yeah. um, still, you know, it answered some questions. Um, I, I think probably that Peter Pan probably has the dagger. Maybe it ended up with Henry in the in the box. I don't know, but something tells me it's it's still around. Oh, I'm sure it's around. I just, you know, it's like, but there was no sense of like looking for it. It's like Rumple wasn't. Oh, where's my dagger? Or you know, uh, have we? La- I mean, there was no, you know, there was none of that. There were there were a lot of loose ends that I don't think are going to get sewn up. I could be wrong. We have two episodes to go, um, so I could totally be wrong. Yeah, I think um, they're trying to deliberately have things quiet now because it's going to get very scary in the next couple of episodes. You know, false sense of security. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I just, you know, I'd like, I, I, I hope it's more textured. Yeah, I, I think it will be. I do. I think. Um, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. So, um, if you guys, this is so my last few minutes that I'm on the air for tonight. Um, boy, time has really gone fast. Um, no, we got a lot accomplished today though didn't we we talked we did. about we a talked, lot oh my gosh we did we talked about at least six television shows um which is good it's good um so i do want to kind of do a little bit of a commercial um so if you have any house fans in your family or friends um i would be delighted if you would think about giving them chasing zebras which you can get on amazon um, it pays the bills, um, and <laughs> ha, so it's available on Amazon. It's available on uh, on Barnes and Noble, and pretty much everywhere else. So, and it's also available on Kindle and Nook and all the other formats. Um, and also, if you haven't, I think you should uh, take a look at the book. Uh, it's a, it, if you like zombies, that is. Um, there's an anthology called Still Hungry for Your Love, um, Further Adventures in Zombie Romance. <coughs> and my story, The Z-Spot, is in that anthology. And that's also available in print and um, in Kindle version and all sorts of other e-versions on Amazon and everywhere else. And that is out from Riverdale Avenue Press. Um, and edited by Lori Perkins, and my story is in there, so that's um, that's a lot of fun too. So I want to ask my readers, or my readers, my listeners, 
Um, <laughs> while Once Upon a Time is on hiatus, um, obviously we've got a couple of months. We've got several months. Three. Three months. Oh, and so if you would long. let me know what topics are on your wish list um, for the hiatus, what do you want to talk about? Um, you know, is there something specific? I know a lot of you guys are Once Upon a Time fans. Is there something specific we should hold out for analysis? Um, is um, there another show you want to talk about? Are, are there uh, general topics? Like, for example, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a show on the history of sci-fi TV. You know, is there another general topic? Those are always really popular. Um, and... Um, So, you know, if you guys want to let me know, either tweet me uh, at B underscore Barnett or leave me a note um, uh, on Blog Critics or on my website. And, uh, you know, any time between now and then, you don't have to tell me now. Just think about it. Ha, Rumpel. Well, you know I'm always talking about Rumpel. (laughs) You don't have to urge me to talk about Rumpel. Um, that comes but naturally. That <laughs> comes naturally for Over. me. <laughs> so we are we are just about uh, Mackenzie. Okay, well I'm going to actually make an effort to see if I can get him on the show or at least do an interview with him, um, and then play the um, you know play the recording on here. So we'll see. Um, I want to do some things with Hannibal, um, which will come back sometime this spring. My little birdie at the network tells me that it will be after the Olympics. There are some uh, some notion that it'll be early in April, um, and I'm trying very, very hard to arrange to get an interview with somebody there as we get closer to airtime. Um, yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't it be great to have Hugh Dancy on the show? Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm cool. I'm trying to work my contacts to see if I can do that. Um but that's okay. That's okay. Um so Angela is the one sir and we'll get we'll get the one stuff in there. So until next week guys, thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Meredith. Um, thank you all, and I will see you guys again uh next week. Next week. All right. All right. Enjoy. Have Good a night, great week. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Good night.